What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned in to the Fistful of Cash. I'm your host, Dale Lippin, in here with the best co-host on the planet Earth. It's proven scientifically, and we've got the data to prove it. Soup, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Uh, sitting here watching watching the kickoff of NFL season. Um, pretty boring game so far between Atlanta and Philadelphia. Philadelphia's offense looks real bad. Atlanta's moving the ball, but cannot finish once they get inside the 30, so... Uh, it's about to go to half, but as expected, I mean, the under over under, I think was like 42. So it's a low scoring game like they expected, but uh, we're hoping uh, our Atlanta pick holds up here. Yeah. And uh, I will say what is holding up my prediction that Nick Foles was going to suck out loud again. Um, he's bad. He is not good. It's not good at all. Uh, I mean, Philly's offense as a whole is struggling, but Nick Foles, he, no, 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 no. They may have been able to extinguish the dumpster at one point, but uh, it's back on fire again. As far as I'm concerned, I'm all I'm off the Nick Foles train. That's just me, though. Yeah, it uh, it really upsets me uh, seeing how bad he really is, and then going back in the memory bank, and all I can remember is him absolutely torching New England's defense to win that Super Bowl, and it's just it's really frustrating that Belichick couldn't come up with something to expose the real Nick Foles. It's almost like if he wouldn't have mysteriously benched a certain someone. Nah, don't get me started on that. Malcolm <laughs> Butler, he's a bum. He, he wouldn't have changed the outcome of that game. <laughs> okay. The pass okay. rush was the problem. Yeah, you're absolutely right. No, they, they let, they let Foles just sort of pack a lunch and sit down and, you know, text his wife and say what time he's going to be home. They, they, there was just no pressure at all. Yes, that was that was the biggest problem was the pass rush. You're right. Malcolm Butler had nothing to do with that. It was just the pass rush. <laughs> Listen, don't smoke weed and skip curfew and, you know, That's do true. whatever else he did. You're absolutely right. Listen, Belichick runs a tight ship. You're there to win. Hey. Fun fun comes second to winning in New England. As it should. Winning is fun. So exactly. There, there you go. The winning is the fun. What right. The standard is the standard. When you win, you have fun. Oh, you're absolutely right. All right, so let's jump into it. We've got a huge weekend ahead of us. Um, absolutely wild. We've got the start of NFL football. I'm excited. Are you excited? I mean, like, yeah, um, like legitimately excited. The next 22 Sundays, I'm booked. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm beyond excited. I <clears throat> I made it. You know, I didn't think I was going to make it through the summer, but I did. Uh, another summer down, another fall starting. It's football season. I'm ready. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely pumped. Um, so I want to spend time on football more than anything else because that's, I mean, that's the majority of what's going on uh, this weekend. That's going to, you know, basically demand viewership. Uh, so maybe start. We'll start UFC and then just work our way. Uh, you know, into the NFL. Yeah, that works for me. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So that being said, give me your take on the Darren Till Tyron Woodley fight. Um, I'm sticking to my guns, man. I'm staying with Darren Till on this one. Um, <clears throat> I texted you about it earlier today uh, at the face off that they had. I don't know if it was just because he was standing next to Till and Till's a taller guy or it was the, the the big shirt that he was wearing or what. 
but man, did Woodley look small. I, you know, like, and I, rep- I replied to you on it. I don't, I think maybe Woodley might be trying to, his game plan might be to win this fight via cardio. Um, Till has shown cardio issues in the past. So that could be his plan. And it was, it was like a 10 second snippet on the UFC embedded episode. I want to say it was the first one. I'll have to go back and look again where um, Woodley was saying that his coach told him, you know, uh, if the game plan goes to shit, just remember it's a fight and to just fight. So I'm wondering if the game plan is to get on the horse and start running, not running, but using your feet and using them well. Um, so I'm, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think Woodley might, you know, like I was saying on Tuesday's episode, um, I think that people are discounting how smart of a fighter Woodley is and he might just do something completely off the wall and come in like, you know, a, a dang track athlete and Floyd Mayweather him and just use footwork the entire time and try to keep Till from, you know, taking that silverback gorilla stance and just cornering off the cage. That might be his approach. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's all speculation. Um, like I said, it could just be deceiving his actual size for all we know, he's going to, you know, he's going to take a shirt off and walk into that octagon and be the, you know, brick house that he's always been. Um, I just, normally I don't pick guys that their confidence is like overwhelming. Normally I stray away from that. Cause I, I look at overconfidence as a little bit of fear, but there's something about there until that, I truly believe that everything he says, he 100% believes. Like he, he's 100% like he believes that he's going to go in there and just latch onto Woodley and absolutely manhandle him and win this fight. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, certainly, he's certainly carrying that around. And this is one of those fights that is a seminal moment in the UFC in that if Darren Till wins, it will be the calling card that the next generation is here. Um, and if he loses, it just confirms that it's not quite here yet. Because if you look at the welterweight division as a whole, um, there's really not a lot of guys that you would say are young up-and-comers that are making noise that are ready to fight for a title right now or even – Outside of Darren Till, even in like within their next two or three fights, um, you've got the Colby Covington interim belt fiasco. They literally just made that kid a belt so he would shut up. Um, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's no different than just you know the WWE belt that you can buy for your kids at at Target. What they gave Colby Covington. Um, I'm not worried about that at all. And he just sort of, you know, lurks in the shadows like the little creep he is with his eyes all close together on the tip of his nose. Um, I don't 
I think that outside of Darren Till, the welterweight division is a little stagnant. So even if Till wins, I don't know how you don't give Woodley an immediate rematch. Um, just not because I like immediate rematches. I've said it, I think, on three episodes now. I hate immediate rematches. But who else are you going to have him fight? Because I don't think Covington, even with a air quote interim belt, has even a, a, a claim to a uh, a title shot. I mean, the best fighter he's beaten is Dos Anjos. That's it. So I don't know. I don't know what you do if if Till wins this fight. I don't know what comes next. Right. And if Woodley wins it, I I pray that they give Covington a shot. Right. Because I I want to see Woodley just beat the living hell out of that clown. And he will. He absolutely will. Even if they do a um, – because I, I saw Wonder Boy was sort of um, advocating for a, a, a shot at Till again. Um, so, yeah. All right. I'll use that to just segue into my, my breakdown for this fight because um, I've been beating around the bush here. All right. So I said before, Darren Till needs to fight Woodley like he fought uh, Nicholas Dalby. The problem is if he fights Woodley like he fought Dalby, he's going to run out of gas like he did in the Dalby fight. Um, Woodley's not as big as Dalby. So if he were to fight him like that, it would be, uh, you know, to press him, to kick him, to, to, you know, really try to wear his body down. Um, that would bode well for him. Um, and it would pay dividends later on in the later rounds where he's going to need it because he's going to eventually gas out. If he tries to use that pace, if he's able to establish that pace and keep it going, it's going to be, it's going to be a good night for him. He'll get, he'll get the strap. Um, outside of that, I rewatched the wonder boy fight. I scored it for wonder boy the first time and I scored it for him the second time too. I don't think he won that fight. Um, it, it, you know, it's tough because, uh, after Steven Thompson knocked out Jake Ellenberger, he really sort of just started playing it safe. And that whole, lay and wait in your karate stance and wait for people to rush in thing. That's a pretty, e- that's pretty easy to figure out. And it doesn't, you know, it's tough to score in your favor, but I don't think that till stomping on his knee over and over and over again, while they're standing there staring at each other, I don't think that was enough to win the fight. I think that was a hometown job. I understand it. Plus the push for a younger guy, whatever. Um, I, I didn't think he won the fight. So that being said, um, if your signature win is a win over a welterweight Donald Cerrone, who is not in his best form at all, uh, and you know basically one foot out the door as far as talent goes or being competitive, um, you're in trouble against Tyron Woodley. I don't care how big your size advantage is, and that leads me to why. I'm sticking with my original guns here. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. Um, I think that he's smarter. I think that he's going to put. The, I think he's got a game plan put together, and I think that the difference will be if Till cannot utilize his range, if he stands in front of Woodley and Woodley doesn't try to do the, um, you know, basically the wrist fighting thing that a lot of guys like to do. Uh, you see Connor bait guys into this all the time where he'll start putting that, that right hand out and guys try to grab it 
and you know he'll fire that left right down the pipe. If Till comes out there and he stands in that 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 wide stance, that that Muay Thai stance, and he starts trying to throw that hand out there to get Woodley to bait, and he's able to get a hold of Woodley's arms, sure. I mean, he might start throwing elbows, and everything could be different. But I think Tyron's too smart for that. And I think in those moments where Till's standing there and they're playing the mirror game, that's exactly where Woodley flourishes. Those short, quick fast twitch muscle movements he's going to blitz him and he's going to get him out of there um i look for a wrestle heavy attack early and often and he's going to get he's going to get him in there and try to get him out out of there early i don't necessarily know that he's going to be able to do it as early as like the first round but i don't think this fight goes the decision and i think woodley wins that's my pick. Woodley inside the distance. I don't know how, but Woodley inside the distance. All right. <clears throat> and I'll ride with you on this one. Uh, you are the you are the UFC insider of Fistful of Cash. So I'm going to take your word for it. We'll go with Woodley inside the distance. Okay. Um, I'm not wildly confident on that pick to make it a five-unit pick. Um but I feel pretty good about it. So I'm going to say that I feel pretty good okay. about it. That being said, it's going to be a hell of a title fight. Uh, and the, the sad part is it's going to be a great fight, but it's not even the greatest fight on the card. The greatest fight on the card is going to be the pay-per-view curtain jerker. Um, you know, the very first one that is Nico price versus, uh, uh, my goodness. Why, why can't I say Al-Hassan. Hassan. Al-Hassan? There you go, man. My brain just shut down on me right there. <laughs> It really, it really did. Um, so yeah, that's you know that that to me is going to be the fight of the night. Um, and I'll say this: if you look at Nico Price's last fight against Randy Brown, he knocked him out with hammer fist from the bottom, which is wild. Um, it's one of the more unique uh, knockouts that we've seen uh, in recent memory. The only knockout from the bottom that I think that was as entertaining was Tony Ferguson when he was on The Ultimate Fighter. Um, he had that that weird up kick thing where he just slept that dude, um, who I can't remember their, his name right now. Um, but yeah, so I like Nico Price in this fight. Um, I I don't think Al Hassan has the. Um, I don't think he has the gas tank. We haven't really seen Nico Price go that far into a fight. Um, the farthest that we've really seen him inside the UFC go uh, is one, when he choked out uh, George Sullivan, and two, whenever he lost uh, to Vincente Luque. Those fights ended like right at the end of the second round. So I. I don't know, man. I, I think that I think that Nico Price is going to be able to avoid the early storm because Al Hassan is a rumbler. He's coming out there. He's going to come out fast. He's going to try to get him out of there early. This fight will not go the distance. Absolutely. That's a five-unit bet. Hell, that's a 10-unit bet. This fight will not go the distance. Um, I like Nico Price. He's coming out of American Top Team. He's coming out of a great camp. Uh, he's got knockout power. He's got better cardio neither one of these guys have fantastic cardio but that being said i i like nico price in this fight but it will be fight of the night 
it will be fight of the night. Unless Till versus Woodley is an absolute war or Diego Sanchez puts on a uh, a vintage Diego Sanchez fight against Craig White, this will be the fight of the night. Absolutely fight of the night. That's my pick, man. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll buy it. I mean, you seem pretty, uh, pretty sure about it. So, I mean, I'm not going to argue it. I mean, if you look, if you look at, if you look at Al, Al Hassan and who he's fought, neither one of these guys have fought like upper level competition, but, um, if you're looking at Al Hassan's last three fights, he's got a loss to Omari Akhmedov, and then he's got uh, back-to-backs against uh, Sabah Hamasi. And it, it, even then, you know he beat Charlie Ward before that, who's another one of uh, one of the stablemates of McGregor, who's a punching bag. Uh, I think McGregor is probably the only uh, good fighter that comes out of SPG. Um, you know, he, it seems like anybody other than him there is just absolutely getting throttled as of late, which doesn't bode well for him come the Khabib fight. But we'll get to that at a different time. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not impressed by your win over Charlie Ward. If you're Al Hassan, you got beat by Omari Akhmedov, which there's, you know, that was a split decision loss. But then two wins over Sabah Hamasi. I'm not that that's not anything great to me. Both these guys only have one loss. Nico Price is a little bit taller. I mean, you know, as the uh, the UFC video game says, you know, everything else is virtually identical. Um, the only difference is, is Allison, I think, has a worse gas tank. So I like Nico Price to stretch this out past the first round, finish it sometime early in the second. Like I said, it's definitely not going to finish, though. And Vegas absolutely agrees with me on that. So as far as UFC breakdown goes for this uh, this event coming up, man, I like I like Woodley and I like Nico Price. So that's what I got. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, you know, before that even starts on Saturday, we've got college football. Yes, sir. Um, We will have, like we said on Tuesday's episode, there will be um, five picks on our Patreon page that are not included in this podcast. Um, we decided it'll be uh, two college games, two NFL games, and one more UFC pick. So in total, you'll be getting uh, three three UFC picks, four college, and four NFL. So you're looking at eleven picks for this weekend, um, and that'll be the norm. Um, about a, ten or eleven picks every single weekend. So you're looking at about forty picks for a month for um, for our for our tier membership. So make sure you get to our Patreon page, uh, you know, subscribe, get you one of them butter soft t-shirts, um, and you know, start, start, uh, boosting the bank account a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're up big on the units. I'll do the math after this weekend and see what we're actually at overall record percentage wise, but I know we're well, we're, we're well on the cusp, if not over 70%. So we'll, we'll, uh, we gotta, if we're not at 70, we're super close. So Transitioning into college football, like you said, um, you know, not late breaking news, but I mean, it's new as of, you know, just before we started recording today, um, FSU running back and great actor, Burt Reynolds, RIP, my man, that's that, uh, that sucks. I mean, but you're 82. I mean, it's your time. So yeah. Heart attack at 82 years old. Um, 
I mean, there's, I don't want to sound insecure, but like you said, you're 82 years old. It shouldn't come as a huge surprise to anybody. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, listen, when we're talking about one of the all-time best mustaches in the game, uh, so if you're rocking around, if you're walking around the Caterpillar like that on top of your lip and you live the life that guy lived, man, you, at, at, at 82, you're, you're good. You're good. There's nobody, uh, nobody's going to say that, um, you know, Burt Reynolds didn't live it up, to, you know, to the nth degree. So, uh, I mean, rest in peace, Terry Ferguson. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, absolutely. Um, just fantastic, man. Uh, and you know, I remember as a kid, you and I staying up on, you know, we had the, uh, the old TV units that sat on the floor and, uh, one of the all time stay home from sick or stay home from school, sick movies, uh, smoking the bandit was almost always on and, uh, right. seeing see my man tear up, you know, that dude's feel with the Trans Am and everything else. And, um, was that Sally field, you know, being one of those, those first, first young man crushes, uh, you know, it stinks, but like I said, 82 and you live the life that Burt Reynolds lived, you know, rest in peace, my man. So that being moving on from that, um, what do we like this week, college football wise? What do you got? Um, I'm going with Mississippi State uh, to cover. So right now I'm getting them at seven and a half. Um, I'd buy that half point, get it down to seven. Um, until somebody proves to me that they can stop KT on Thompson, Mississippi State's quarterback, um, I'm taking them to pretty much cover every single week. Uh, the kid had 365 passing yards and five touchdowns and also ran for 110 and two touchdowns. He is a freak of nature as far as an athlete goes. <clears throat> and they're playing a, uh, a Kansas State team that really, really, really struggled against South Dakota uh, last week. Uh, two late touchdowns in the fourth quarter to get the 27-24 win. They were down 24-13. Um, I think this is one of the easier games of the weekend. I think Mississippi State <clears throat> goes on the road and uh, handles this one pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I'm not that not that their first game, not that uh, Mississippi State's first game was any sort of like uh, litmus test for how talented, you know, or not not how talented they are, but how well they're going to face, you know, uh, upper level competition. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I like them to cover in this game, and I like them to cover pretty easily. Actually, I don't. I don't know where the seven and a half's coming from because eyeball testing this, I would think that it would be much higher. Um, now I could just be being naive about this, but what what would a odds maker look at with this matchup and say seven and a half is where this at? Do you, you have some sort of you know? gleaning insight here that I'm not seeing because I think that this should be Mississippi state by a mile. Oh, right. I agree. Um, I don't know if it's how, <clears throat> how Kansas state finished the season last year, but like I said, they played South Dakota and I think they only threw for like 150 yards. Um, they're a very, very run reliant team. And when you rely on one side of the or one aspect of offense like running the ball 
it's really easy for a big time program like Mississippi State to zero in on something like that. I think they'll be able to stop them on the run, force them to pass, and that'll cause some turnovers. And I think Mississippi State, anytime their offense is on the field, they are a threat to score six points. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm trying to think who led uh, Kansas State in passing last week. Um, what's that kid's name? Um, Delton. Oh, yeah, Alex yeah. Delton. Uh, you know, 91 yards and in an interception. Not good. Not good. Um, and then, you know, as such, when you're playing that bad, it, I mean, the workload for your backs becomes, you know, uh, that much greater. And l- like you said, you know, it's just going to make, uh, it's just going to make the opportunities for Mississippi state to blow this thing open that much bigger. Um, I'm look, I, I, you text me this earlier about what we were going to cover. And, you know, again, going back to the seven and a half, the money line on this game though, it's got Mississippi state at a minus three thirty. So, you know, money line wise, Mississippi state is a huge favorite to win this game. So again, this, this goes back to the seven and a half points buying that down to seven um that's that's an easy call because if you're that heavily favored to win the game um you know and you've got the offense the the offensive firepower that Mississippi State has I, I I see them uh winning by more than seven rather easily but again I don't, I don't maybe they know maybe somebody knows something that I don't maybe a trainer leaked a call to somebody in Vegas I don't know why this this line is the way it is but um yeah, I like Mississippi State uh, to just blow this thing wide open. Yeah, and that leads me into another game that I like this weekend as far as I don't understand the line. <clears throat> I think guys are really uh, overreacting to the performances that both teams put on last week, and that's Penn State. Um, I'm getting them a minus eight against Pitt. Um, I figured we'd cover this one since we are from Pittsburgh. Um, I think that Penn State handles Pitt pretty easily. Um, yes, their defense looked bad against Appalachian State, but we also covered how good Appalachian State has been in opening games against big programs. Um, so that came as I would I don't want to say no surprise, but we shouldn't be blown away by Appalachian State's competitiveness. Um. <clears throat> Now, Pitt, on the other hand, um, yeah, they won in convincing fashion. Yeah, but they played Albany. They, exactly. And they were up, I believe, 27 to 7 or 27 nothing at half. It was 33 to 7. And there was nothing. Yeah, there was no points scored in right. the second half. It was 33 to 7 and then nothing in the second half. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. I, You know, I guess it's uh, maybe this is just the 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 fight analysis mind a portion of my mind coming out um where you do like the MMA math thing but if i if i have pitt and pitt beats albany and if i have penn state and penn state beats app state if i have app state play albany who wins that game um right. app state app, app state, state exactly they crush albany so that's a more quality win as far as uh, using air quotations here quality wins go uh you know than pitt beating albany in a better you know, I guess you would say uh, measuring stick of where the team's at. So I'm with you. I don't know where the eight points is coming from. I like Penn State to crush Pitt. 
here um, and do so in convincing fashion. Yeah, no, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. Pitt has some playmakers. Um, Kenny Pickett is a good young quarterback that, you know, came in two or three games left in the season last year. I'm really impressed. Um, they're running back Quadri Allison. He's, you know, the, the kid can play football. Both Kenny Pickett and Quadrolison are outmatched in their quarterback running back um, battle that they're having here. Trace McSorley, way better than Kenny yes. Pickett. There's no question about it. You know, the kid's done it over and over and over again. Quadrolison, he's going up against a kid that's coming, you know, it's his homecoming game. Al Sanders is Penn State's starting running back. He's from Woodland Hills which for those of you outside the Pittsburgh area, you don't know this, but Woodland Hills is a Pittsburgh school. So this is a homecoming game for him. He's going to get to play on Saturday night under the bright lights in Heinz Field, something I'm sure he's always dreamed of growing up in Woodland Hills. I like Miles Sanders to run wild on this pit defense. I like McSorley to look, uh, be a lot more accurate. Um, I'll say Penn State 37, Pitt 24. Okay. I'm on board with that. I think, I think, and I think that I think you're able to do that and and be respectful to both teams. So I like that. I like that a lot. But again, convincingly, I think I think Penn State wins this game running away. Um, so moving on real quick, uh, NFL. What do we like in NFL this week? Um, so we'll start with the um, the uh, Panthers and Cowboys. We're picking the under on this game. Uh, The line's at 42 right now. That's ridiculously low. I know it's NFL. It's not college. You know, you get 2017 games all the time. But judging off of preseason, which, yeah, preseason doesn't matter. It does matter because all these guys that are playing in preseason are going to be playing this Sunday. Carolina was putting up 34 points a game in the preseason. Number one offense in the preseason. Will they hold the number one offense all year? No. But can they put up points? Yeah. Absolutely. Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey is going to be an absolute stud this year. Um, Devin Funches has come into his own. They got C.J. Anderson backing up Christian McCaffrey. They've got a squad, and the Cowboys' defense is questionable at best. Yep. It really, really is questionable at best. And Carolina's defense isn't that great. They don't, they've got Luke Keekley. So we've got Luke Keekley and Sean Lee, the two middle linebackers in this game. Both who could be out at the end of the game with a concussion. Neither one can stay healthy an entire season. So you got both these guys that are going to be, you know, not, not I'm not going to say they're going to, you know, uh, play half ass, but they're going to be playing hesitant because you don't want to get injured right. the first game of the year. I think that 42 points is really low. I can, you know, I could see a 27-21 game that covers. I just 42 points. That's that's only six touchdowns with the the talent on Carolina's offense and Ezekiel Elliott on Dallas's offense. I think that 42 is covered yeah. pretty easy. I'm with you. I I had it I had it marked out. I was sort of playing playing around me you know, possible outcomes or whatever. I had it 27-23 Carolina again, still still with the over. Um so yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's a um 
I feel confident in that pick. Again, not a high unit pick, but I feel pretty confident in that one. What else you like this weekend? So speaking of high unit plays, my big play of the weekend for NFL <clears throat> is Aaron Rodgers at home Sunday night football. Um, right now Against they're the minus Bears. seven. If you if you want to yeah, if you want to buy it down to six and a half just to ensure you don't have a push by some late ridiculous touchdown. Go ahead. But Aaron Rodgers, healthy. Jamal Williams, you know, really shined at the end of the year last year at running back. Um, Devonta Adams has turned into an absolute stud. Randall Cobb's healthy. Um, you know, the, their offensive line's healthy for the first time in three years. And they added this guy. Uh, he's had, a you know, an okay career. Um <laughs> tight end jimmy graham where have i heard that you know, name before he's all right <clears throat> now people say aaron Rodgers doesn't use his tight ends aaron Rodgers has never had a jimmy graham caliber player i would agree so you know yeah he had martellus bennett cool martellus bennett's at the end of his career um he had jermichael finley finley was good don't get me wrong he's yeah. not jimmy graham and their defense has been suspect <clears throat> but they brought in uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, who is, you know, a pro bowl caliber defensive tackle. Um, but the Jets have too many defensive linemen. They had to cut one of them. And they, uh, you know, Kevin King, uh, their first round pick from last year, as far as corners go, has really turned into a, quite the player. They brought in the veteran and Traymon Williams to uh, to play alongside of him. And I'm not buying into the Mitchell Trubisky train. I think Rodgers coming off an injury-riddled season with his broken collarbone, regardless if Khalil Mack's on the other side of the field, I think Rodgers at home puts on an absolute show and they win this game easily. I I, I would almost say it's it's not even a game at halftime. I Packers up 17 at half. Like I, I, I'm so confident that Rodgers is going to absolutely torch. Um, this is my five unit play for NFL for the weekend. The Packers minus seven by a half point, six and a half, whatever you want to do, take the yeah. Packers to cover the spread. Uh, you know, and Vegas has this one at uh, with the money line being minus three sixty for the Packers. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like there's a lot of people out there doubting whether or not they're going to win. Um, I like the. I'm I'm with you on this. I think the I think the, the Packers cover this easily as well. That's a, that's a big unit play for sure. So Mississippi State and uh, Green Bay Packers, or wait, Penn State. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mississippi State to cover, Penn State to cover, uh, the over in the Panthers Cowboys game at 42. And then the Packers. No, I'm saying big unit plays, Mississippi State and the Packers. That's what I was going to get at. Big, yes. Those are the big ones. Pound yes. those, pound yes. those yes. two lines. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Um, yep. We'll have five additional picks up by Friday night for the Patreon page. Navigate to uh, Fistful of ca- – or I'm sorry, patreon.com forward slash Fistful of Cash. And uh, go ahead and sign up. Like I said, we only have one membership tier now. Go ahead and sign that up. Um, and – get those five additional picks and you know, those are those, those picks are going to be as close to a sure thing as you can possibly get. And if you are ever in doubt of a sure thing, like, I don't know, uh, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your wife, 
your husband uh, and you think that short thing isn't a short thing anymore, uh, we just want to remind you the show is brought to you by Check Your Mate Investigations. They are there to ensure that your sure thing stays a sure thing. And if not, get you the proof you need. So that way, uh, when you go see the judge, they don't take half of everything you got. So if that is something that you're in, uh, interested in or you need some help with, perhaps maybe you want to reconnect with some old military buddies or you want to find the one that got away, they do missing persons too. So checkyourmate.com, check hyphen your hyphen mate.com for all of your, I don't know, um, needs involving uh, somebody with just uh, a little bit of surveillance uh, capabilities. That's where you want to navigate. Checkyourmate.com. That being said, uh, these are our picks for the week, and we're going to put five more on the Patreon page. So you guys need to navigate over there and subscribe. Like, follow us on uh, Instagram and all social media accounts. We've got them all. Just search Fistful of Cash. And if you want to get at us via email, Fistful of Cash Podcast at gmail.com for all our feedback, too. Got anything else, Soup? No, just those those picks will be up on the Patreon page um, yeah. sometime Friday evening um, before, before sundown. sundown. I like we'll it. I will say this: um, in the event that Darren Till misses weight, check the Instagram page at Fistful of Cash. Um, we'll put an alternate pick up because Tyron Woodley said that he will not fight a replacement fight on short notice if Darren Till misses weight. So to get you guys. Uh, that continued value. If Darren Till misses weight and that fight gets canceled, we will have an additional fight posted on Instagram for you guys. Not going to cut a whole new podcast for it, but we will put an additional pickup on Instagram. But that's it for me. I'm signing off. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Good luck, everybody. Yep. Looking forward to Tuesday, as always. Clear eyes. Full fist. <laughs>